I've listened to No Strings Attached by NSYNC for a year. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. everybody and welcome back to spin it the record ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music i'm james and with me is connor i'm here did you do that on purpose yeah okay good because we talked about how that was kind of your accidental catchphrase and so i just i just wanted to make sure you were aware you did it this time yeah how have you been it's been a long week since uh, our last episode yeah it feels like it's been like three weeks since our last episode it does a little bit <laughs> but you know what we've come to the end of another month and you know what that means april is over april it sure is it's gonna be may Oh, you've been waiting three weeks to make that joke. I haven't been waiting three weeks to make that joke. <laughs> I made this episode the one that we're doing today because I wanted to make that joke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I listened to No Strings Attached because I wanted to do an episode leading into May so I could make that joke. You're ridiculous. I know. This is the monster that I deal with every week, audience. It's a good joke. It's funny. I Every year without fail, I see some random, someone like posts a picture of ramen noodles and I go, what on earth is this? Because I forget every year. <laughs> and then I Google it. It's like, oh, it's supposed to look like Justin Timberlake's hair. And it's supposed to be, it's going to be me. <laughs> and so I just wanted to participate for once. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to be in on it. But that's absolutely why we're doing this album today. Listen, learning all this, it makes me ill. <laughs> yeah, it probably should. <laughs> but this I promise you, it's going to be a good episode. Well, it might be if you'll be good for me. <laughs> Bring the noise! <laughs> yeah, let's. What's your experience level like with NSYNC? We were just wee children in the days of the boy band. Yeah, you know, I wish I could say I was more of a boy band guy. Do you really wish you could say that? Interesting. I know, like, the popular ones, like, it's gonna be me and Bye Bye Bye, right? Oh, sure, who doesn't? And, you know, I know some Beastie Boys songs. And Beastie some, Boys? Uh, yeah, a little different, yeah. A boy band. They're a band made up of boys, I guess. Yeah, they're a boy band. Okay, are you thinking of the Backstreet Boys? Oh, yes, whoops, I said the wrong one. The, the BC Boys are, like, <laughs> not a boy band. The Backstreet whoops. Boys are. Yeah. Wrong boys. <laughs> I had the wrong boys. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew some Backstreet Boys. I knew some One Direction, right? Are they a boy band? Yes, that counts. Yeah. Uh, I just, I feel like after listening to this album, I wish I was more of a boy band guy. Really? Okay, we'll dig into that in a little bit. This is not my go-to kind of music. This is this was a little bit of a branch out for me. Mm. And just like you, I know all the big boy bands hits, like the ones that everybody knows. Like you couldn't have been. Tell me why? Because they were on the radio and all over the. That's Backstreet Boys, right? Oh, I get it. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I also I, aside from learning a lot of their music, I did learn a lot about In Sync while I was researching for this episode. Yeah, they're a wild one. They are a wild one. They're the first boy band we've done. Well in a certain sense yeah it's the first of this type of boy band music definitely yeah we've done other bands that were made up of boys but right there's a wild one to start off because they've got an interesting history they do with the benefit of hindsight seeing where their careers would go i always just kind of assumed justin timberlake was like the the guy in this band you know it's justin timberlake and everyone else uh, there's a lot of debate
right about that. Yeah, I guess there is. And that's what I learned doing this. I, I guess it's not. It's a very controversial topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while he was certainly a big part of the band, I don't know if it's clear whether he's the guy. In fact, I don't even think I'd stake that claim. You're not on Team uh, Team Timberlake? What? Are there teams? Lines to be drawn? Are we taking sides? You know, not being a boy band guy myself, from my understanding, there are lines to be drawn. Hmm. Well, I don't want to pick yet. Oh, okay. Let's wait till the end, and then maybe I'll come up with something. Maybe when Factor Spin will sway me or something. I don't know. Okay. Probably won't. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Let's talk about NSYNC a little bit. Let's spread some knowledge to those of you who, like former us, maybe don't know it. For as big as their impact on boy bands and music was, and as often as you hear their music even still today, I was surprised to find out NSYNC was only a band for seven years. Yeah. They formed in 1995, and by 2002, they were done. Like, that was it. Yeah. For almost that entire seven-year period, the band was made up of five vocalists and dancers. Maybe you've heard of them. Uh, Like I mentioned, Justin Timberlake, Chris Kirkpatrick, J.C. Chazé, Lance Bass, Joey Fatone. That's your five. That's NSYNC. That's them. All right, let me take you back. Let me set the scene. Take me back. The year is 1995. Okay. You are negative two. Yep. Chris Kirkpatrick meets Lou Pearlman, a record producer who's the one that actually brought the Backstreet Boys to prominence, right? We talked about them. Yep. He's the Backstreet Boys guy. He's the Backstreet Man. He's the Backstreet Man. (laughs) And the Backstreet Man, Lou Pearlman, sees a lot of boy band potential in Chris Kirkpatrick. He sees this one guy and says, oh, he could be a part of a boy band, which sure. Okay. Wild. Wild, right? But he offers to give this guy a big break. This feels like a scam. Yeah. Like if someone came up to me and said this, this would feel like a scam. He says, I'll turn you into a successful boy band. You, Mr. Individual, will become a boy band, but you have to provide all the other boys. The other members. And then I will I will mold you into a boy band. I'll be honest. Wouldn't be surprised if that's how this started. Just knowing what I know about the Backstreet Man himself. Yeah. The, that's in my notes in a little bit oh, okay <laughs> yeah we'll get to we'll get to them so chris kirkpatrick says oh man i'm gonna be a star i gotta start making calls he hits up the talent agency that represented justin timberlake timberlake at the time he's like 14 years old fresh off of an acting gig on disney's the mickey mouse club the show wrapped in 1994 and timberlake was living in nashville do you, do you how much do you know about the new mickey mouse club cast not much do you realize how many famous people came from that cast lineup not off the top of my head no obviously at least one the cast lineup for that had christina aguilera jc chazé Britney Spears, Ryan Gosling, and Carrie Russell. Yeah. Alongside Justin Timberlake. I did know some of those. Wow. <laughs> That's insane how many like super famous people came from that one cast lineup. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they were already down that path when they were on the Mickey Mouse show. Were they? I don't know. A little bit. I feel like this is the start of the path, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like the popularity of this show is what allowed them to all go on and be famous. That could be. <laughs> but sometimes kids get started in commercials and stuff. Look at what happened to Olivia Rodrigo. That's true yeah but yeah the mickey mouse club brought jc chaze and justin timberlake together and so when timberlake gets the call he says count me in dude like i want to be in a boy band let's go my friend jc he's coming we're all gonna do it so they head down to orlando they connect with joey fatone who chris kirkpatrick met while they were both working at universal studios theme park finally they call up jason galasso and say hey you want to be in a boy band he's like sure and after a few weeks of practicing he said actually no i don't want to be in a boy band (laughs) and he left (laughs) but during that time 
they came up with their name. They were singing together in the presence of Justin Timberlake's mom, I guess. And she loved the way they sounded. She said their voices were so in sync with each other. And for an additional layer of cleverness that I never really considered, they used the last letter of each of their first names to make the word NSYNC. Yeah. Jason, Chris, Joey, Justin, JC, which is wild. <laughs> I never knew that. Well, actually, that last little bit stopped being true when they replaced Jason with Lance Bass. <laughs> they could have been Esync or NSYEC or something, but instead they just decided to change Lance's nickname to Lanston so that he would still fit <laughs> the NSYNC name. Which is hilarious. It really is. You're going to go by Lanston now. <laughs> I guess he was cool with it. So they get together, start living together, rehearsing together. Go back to the Backstreet Man and say, we're ready. He said, awesome. <laughs> Let's do this. Make us stars, Backstreet Man. <laughs> yeah. Their first public performance was at Disney World, and it landed them a contract with BMG, and they got shipped off to Europe to get to work on an album. The 1997 self-titled album dropped in Germany first, where BMG's headquartered, and it was a huge overnight success overseas, a good while before it hit America, which didn't happen until 1998. Within two weeks, it hit number one in Germany, and it debuted at number 82 in America, so it wasn't quite as big a success over here. But thanks to another boost from Disney, who really worked overtime for NSYNC, apparently, Disney put out a TV concert special. The album jumped up to number nine, and singles like I Want You Back and Tearing Up My Heart made a lot of waves. They had tons of new opportunities like TV show appearances and cameos, and they even took a stint opening for Janet Jackson on tour. Mm -hmm. Their second record in the U.S., a holiday album, hit number seven on the charts, and they actually had two albums in the top ten simultaneously, which I think is a testament to the popularity of boy bands during this time. They were really the it thing. And then in 1999, the Backstreet Man kind of overstays his welcome. Things start to go south. They're suspicious that he's embezzling money from them, and they threaten to walk out on their contract with him. He obviously does not love that. They start to threaten legal action, and they settle out of court. But for the record, in 2008, Lou Pearlman was sentenced to 25 years in prison for embezzlement and for heading up the longest-running Ponzi scheme in American history. So there's that. They were kind of right. Yeah, like I said, wouldn't be surprised if it started out as a bit of a scam. Yeah, maybe it really genuinely was, and then they just got lucky because they were really good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who knows? So the trouble with Lou Pearlman is behind them. They are freed from this restrictive contract and these questionable business practices. They're entering this new era of popularity, new manager, futures bright. They are no longer puppets to a sucky manager. Ergo, this album comes out, no strings attached. Technically, it's their third album after the holiday album they released. No Strings Attached came out in March of 2000 after getting delayed once or twice due to legal issues and some recording complications. It was their first record with their new label, Jive, and it ended up being the best-selling record of the year and the second best-selling of the entire decade behind the Beatles' one compilation. And of course, it debuted on the Billboard charts at number one, stayed there for eight weeks straight, and it was the first album ever to move two million units in one week, according to SoundScan data, which was still a little newer at the time. 
and it held the record for 15 years until it was just barely edged out by Adele's 25. Which is wild. I know, it took that long for something to beat out No Strings Attached. It's been certified diamond with over 11 million sales, and Billboard called it number 111 on their top 200 albums of all time list. While they were making this album, because they had No Strings Attached, they were able to pick all the songs they wanted, the writers and the producers they wanted to work with. They had a lot more freedom and creative direction on this one. They could kind of do what they wanted. And what they wanted to do was really redefine their sound and make this album that was fun, diverse. They wanted to intermingle pop conventions with R&B and up-tempo club-style music. They call it teen pop, but I think mostly that's because it's their main fan base, their target audience. It's like the bread and butter of boy bands, this teen pop kind of pseudo-hip-hop electronic pop. You know what I mean? It's all got that feel to it. Yeah. So to do that, they got in touch with European writers, and the producers on the album ranged from band members to outsiders like Babyface, Richard Marks, Kevin, Shakespeare, Briggs, and more. Their tech team for this album consisted of more than 25 engineers and mixers alone, which is insane. That's a lot of engineers. (laughs) And critics honestly were pretty into it at the time, because it was at the top of their game. It was the foremost boy band record that was coming out of the genre like it was it so critics loved it ate it up and we'll see how it holds up in our opinions in a bit rolling stone actually even went so far as to call it a futuristic synth driven eruption of hormones and harmonies all at once with big beats and grown-up innuendo the band's no strings attached tour was also a huge tour they sold a million tickets on the first day they went on sale in 2000 right not a year where you were just hopping on Ticketmaster, you know, buying your tickets on your phone. <laughs> they sold a million tickets on the first day in 2000. It's insane. And they even co-headlined the Super Bowl halftime show alongside Aerosmith in 2001. Maybe they had a lot of carrots. Who knows? You seem distracted. Sorry, I'm just reading about the Backstreet Man himself. <laughs> yeah. What have you learned? Some wild stuff. So you mentioned he was sentenced to 25 years in prison. Yep. He apparently passed away in 2016. Yes. From like health complications. Yeah. Yep. 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 And he had a projected release date of March 24th, 2029. And he said when he got out, he was going to find the next Justin Timberlake was one of the last quotes he ever gave. Oh, no. Well, which is just wild that he was like going to get out and go back right into the boy band business in basically 2030. I don't think it was going to work the same. (laughs) And also, I don't think anybody that did their research would do that. He also was involved in way more scams and scandals than just the Ponzi scheme. Yes. Including suspicions of insurance fraud and pump and dumps, a bunch of different band lawsuits, talent scouting scam scandals. Which, again, I think just leads credence that maybe, maybe this was, was an accidental success story. Yeah, maybe it was. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Seems not impossible. And a lot of other things. Yeah, wild. Yeah, it's a good thing they said bye-bye-bye to him. <laughs> anyway, enough about the Backstreet Man. Enough about the Backstreet Man. That's right. Let's talk about the final days of NSYNC. Their last album, Celebrity, came out in July 2001. And while it was successful, it really never did reach the same heights as its predecessor. Meanwhile, all the band members are getting overwhelmed, really tired and antsy. Justin Timberlake says, you know what, guys? Maybe we should just go on hiatus for a while. Take a little break. We were on a break. 
Yeah. That's a Friends reference. I haven't seen Friends, but I still get that reference. It's the only one people make. That and they yell pivot. (laughs) So yeah, Justin wants time off, but also he was starting to lay the groundwork for his obviously future successful solo career. It was only meant to be a temporary break, but it kind of turned out to be permanent. And that actually ticked off a couple of the bandmates who had turned down work or delayed other major career moves because they were waiting on NSYNC to end their hiatus and get back together. Oops. Like people offered jobs to them and they went, sorry, I can't. The band's going to get back together any day now. And just like sat and waited. Oh no. Yeah, that make me so mad. <laughs> so I mean, I can understand why they were upset about that. They did a few appearances or one-off performances here and there for a couple years. But by 2007, they just said, yeah, not happening. We're none. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. In that short seven-year period, they had 35 major award wins on 66 nominations. That's a lot for seven years of music. For three albums and a holiday record, Mm -hmm. they earned three American Music Awards, five Billboard Awards, a handful of MTV Video Music Awards, Teen Choice Awards. In 2018, they got their own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and they were nominated for eight Grammys, but never won. No Strings Attached was up for Best Pop Vocal Album, and Bye 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 was nominated for Record of the Year. And in one of the most 2000s things I've ever heard in my life, NSYNC won five awards from Blockbuster, (laughs) the video (laughs) rental chain. What? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me, but they sure did. So congrats on those. I hope you've got them framed or or displayed proudly in sync. Joey Fatone, if you're listening, congrats. Also, other fun trivia tidbits. The band is Spinet Legend adjacent. They worked alongside Phil Collins on a song from the Tarzan soundtrack. Oh, mm-hmm. which one? The one that went with the Tarzan movie. Oh, not which soundtrack, you mean which song? <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> Trashin' the Camp. That's the song. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the lyrics now, and the lyrics are uh, Zap-a-dap-dooby-doo-zap-a-da-dee. Yeah, you've never heard that song? I probably have. I've watched Tarzan. Yes, you have. zap a da ba ba doo ba ba doo ba doo Oh, well, when you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a whole bunch of just sounds on, like plates crashing and uh, like an elephant trumpeting. And That's a great one. It's a great one because it's Phil Collins and NSYNC. Yeah. But you can totally see how NSYNC would be into this. <laughs> yep. So good. But anyway. NSYNC is also another band like Kiss that licensed out a ton of merchandise with their brand. I didn't look into any of it because the mixtaper likes to do fast fire facts sometimes. But I just know that mm. there's a lot of NSYNC merch out there. A lot of stuff with their name on it. The mixtaper thought about doing a fast fired fact, but saw this trivia tidbit and was afraid you had looked into it. So avoided it. No, well, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> You absolutely would. <laughs> no, the last time we got to do a Fast Fire Facts was 50. It's been almost 50 episodes. We've almost doubled since the last time I was able to do Fast Fire Facts. <laughs> Think about how many times we have doubled. A lot. Oh, and while the band never recorded together after Celebrity, they there was a little surprise in 2014. The label put together a compilation that featured a bunch of songs that never got released. And when I say they never got released, they were like unfinished to such a degree that the band hadn't even heard the final versions. So there's kind of like a secret fourth NSYNC album out there. While we're in the realm of Spin Cycle, there's another fun Spin Cycle adjacent uh, connection here. Oh? Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, did you want to know what it was? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, just know there's one out there. Just leave them wondering. No, what is it? No, you said you didn't want to know. 
I don't want to know. The audience wanted to know. They texted me right now and said, make sure he tells us. Oh, the audience texted you? Said, hey, let us know. Yeah. Going all the way back to episode 13, Ken, Electric Guest. Electric Guest? Uh-huh. Wow. That's a deep cut episode. Mm-hmm. Is this a Lonely Island type thing? It is. It's a Lonely Island tie-in. Yeah. Justin Timberlake is the one behind one of their most probably popular songs, in a box <laughs> yeah i should have just left it alone <laughs> he's the one that wrote that song and performed it with them i knew that i just didn't think about it just saying <laughs> since we we're talking spin cycles yeah fair enough you're the one that wanted to know the audience wanted to know you know i was gonna it, leave it, it i did. was gonna leave it alone and the audience demanded it hey you brought that on yourself yeah this is your fault audience <laughs> anyway, let's gracefully recover from that and move into another week of Factor Spin. Let's see what spins the mixtaper has in store. And yes, they're all spins this week. Oh, I better let him know. It's just a prediction. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get them on out here. Let's do it. Hey, it's me, the mixtaper. Hello, mixtaper. Welcome back to the show. How you feeling? It's going to be May. Yeah, it is going to be May. You really just want to get as much mileage out of that joke as you can, don't you? I mean, sure. It's the, this is the one episode <laughs> where that's a relevant thing to say. Yeah. It's also already May 5th. Oh. <laughs> but it's still going to be May for another 25 days. So. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I too wrote a very popular song with Lonely Island called Spin in a Box. <laughs> that's not even true. That's, that is a spin. But it's in a box. Whatever. <laughs> I'm hoping to get a good win this week on my only spins week. Yeah, that's so I've been told. Uh, so you claimed. I was told it. Oh, did the audience text you it? Maybe. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what the best order is here. This is one of those ones where depending on your reaction and the questions you ask, any of these could be a better ramp than the previous one. Oh, that's awesome. So I don't know where to start. Should I pick one? So pick a number, one through four. <laughs> yeah. Since it's going to be May, that means we're still closest to April. Mm. So I'll go with four. Gonna go with four. All right. Yeah, I can't go with five, so. Well, that's perfect because, you know, it's gonna be May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. They are Jedi. That's the name of your fact. That's <laughs> what a weird roundabout way to make that relevant. But it, like, wasn't a, a leap. You know, sometimes you really have to stretch <laughs> to make it fit. That fit really well. So they're Jedi. Mm -hmm. Are they in Star Wars somewhere? Somewhere. Like as characters in a show or a movie? Mm-hmm. Wild. All five of them. Uh, no. Oh. Joey Fatone, J.C. Chazet, and Chris Kirkpatrick. Okay, what are they in? Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Wait, oh no, you're going to do that to me? No joke. This morning, like six hours ago, I was like, man, I haven't watched Attack of the Clones in a long time. I should watch it again. And now I don't know anything about this. What do they do? If they're Jedi, are they down there on like Geonosis fighting in the, the battle in that pit with all the bugs? They filmed two cameo scenes where they play Jedi extras. What are their two scenes? I don't know. They were both cut from the final cut oh, of the movie. Oh. <laughs> so they aren't canonically Jedi. They just almost were. Well, you know, they're Jedi. They're they're out there somewhere. They just weren't on the camera. Wonder if they survived Order sixty six. Probably not. Mm, bye bye bye. They couldn't even survive the cutting room floor. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Why three of them? I mean, why not five? 
or or one. Uh, the band was asked to do the cameos, and those were the three available. I see. Yeah, I don't think I could take Justin Timberlake seriously in a Star Wars movie. I've heard he's pretty good in Trolls, though. <laughs> I'm going to say this is a spin. Oh, a spin. Yeah, I'm going to say this is the start of your all-spins week. <laughs> I think it's suspicious that you picked almost the least popular Star Wars movie to make this fact about. Wow. Well, listen. It's just the one that came out around that time. Well, that's true. I don't know if I could get you to believe that they were in episode five. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're right. That might be an uphill battle. But you had six movies to pick from and all the series and TV things. And mm. it just seems like episode two is a pretty unassuming spot. And it's the one with all the random miscellaneous Jedi in the fights and stuff like you said on Geonosis. Yeah, it feels spinish. I think they're probably not Jedi. And even if this is true, they're still not Jedi. They weren't in the movie. This is a true fact. Oh, <laughs> well, darn <laughs> The Force was not with me. But don't worry, the rest of them will all be spins. Yeah, I'm sure. 100%. Just got thrown off there at the beginning. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I didn't have any idea. They were asked to do it because the daughters of George Lucas and the film's producer Rick McCallum were fans of the band. That makes so much sense. When you put it like that, it's not as illogical. So the, they were cut. Mainly people suspected to the backlash when it got leaked that there was a rumor that they were going to do cameos. Oh, well, that's not fair. You know how the Star Wars community can get. Yeah, they're <laughs> all so loving and accepting. <laughs> and so there's a lot of backlash. And the rumors and the backlash and everything was so like popular that their cameos were even parodied on SNL with that week's host, Josh Hartnett, playing J.C. Chazé, leading a bunch of people dressed as Jedi through like, a boy band song in like the jedi temple that's funny wow i think this is the first time star wars has come up on this show is it? yeah i think in in 96 episodes I, I really feel like that's the first time huh i'll start making it a weekly thing for you no it doesn't need to be that <laughs> frequent but hit me with your next spin no i'll pick one one three three. Oh, that's right i well there were three of them in that movie so let's go with three great one well wait no it was oh, okay. episode we'll have to wait for the great one it was episode two so let's go with two also a pretty good one. Pretty good. We'll see. That'll that'll be more rampage. Oh, okay. They had a sixth member. Oh, yeah. I should have known. You know what? I bet it was that guy whose last letter of his first name was asterisk. <laughs> That's why they're <laughs> asterisk in sync. It was a bit of an asterisk, to be fair. You know, you're not too far off. Yeah. Well, who's this mysterious sixth member? If it's not the guy that they kicked out at the, well, who left before they even did anything. No, it's an asterisk because it's kind of like when there's a hidden clause at the bottom of a contract. It's the Backstreet Man himself, Lou Pearlman. No way. <laughs> the Backstreet Man was the... It was the secret sixth member. Sixth member of NSYNC. Mm-hmm. That... Uh, is annoying. Like, that feels <laughs> iffy. It feels iffy, but knowing what I know about the guy, uh huh, he totally could do that. What? What's the deal? What's the contract, like, say? He added himself in under the list of band members, as well as being the manager. And he did this so that he could take one-sixth of the band's earnings on top of his managing fees. So he could double dip. Were they not aware of this? Did they or their lawyers not read the contract? He did it again, uh, with their protest. He did it with their protest? So... Like, they were like, no, we don't want that. And he's like, too bad, I'm doing it or I'm not managing you. And they were like, okay, I guess you can do it. And they said, darn it, fine, <laughs> here you go. Wow, <laughs> strings attached. Mm -hmm. This is the sixth member of NSYNC, strings attached. Uh, he's the asterisk in asterisk NSYNC. <laughs> How did this resolve itself? Did it just not get resolved until they dissolved their contract with him? Yeah, I think it was when they dissolved their contract. And this didn't manifest itself in any way other than accounting. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He's not like listed on the albums. He didn't sing anywhere. Nope. He's just around. <laughs> just always 
pulling their strings. I think this one is a fact. Oh, go with a fact. I feel a little not good about that. Yeah? I feel like it, you would think it'd be easy for me to assume it would be a fact because the man was atrocious. But but the man was atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> so you're sticking with fact, not changing it, locking it in? I'm going to lock it in. I'm going to say this is a fact. Locking in fact. Abandoning the fact that I said the rest of them would all be spins. No, they're all going to be spins. Oh, you just want to get this one wrong. Okay. Yeah, I'm tanking. <laughs> this is... A fact. Oh, there goes my tank. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah, okay, so he really was a sixth member. Yeah. Arguably the least famous. I mean, we had all these talks about who's really the leader. I think we found who's not. The Backstreet Man. <laughs> the Backstreet Man himself. I also just, that's two for two now where you've made a one-off joke that actually worked its way into the fact where you're like, oh, I bet you it's the asterisk. <laughs> it's like, well, technically. <laughs> right. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's go to the great one in number three now. Justin Timberlake helped cure Puckerface and Scurvy. Sorry, you cut out for a second there. It sounded like you said Justin Timberlake helped cure Puckerface and Scurvy? Sure did. <laughs> yeah. So Scurvy I'm a little familiar with. Sure. That's the disease pirates get because they don't suck on enough lemons. Yep. What is Puckerface? It's the face you make when you drink tequila. I see. So what is this? Does he have a tequila that's his own this is what you're talking about like he cured pucker face by making tequila that doesn't make you pucker uh yes and no okay well this is the <laughs> easiest way to cure pucker face is just to not drink tequila yeah you could argue yes in the sense that yeah he's one of the creators of salsa 901 a tequila that doesn't need to be drinking with a lime their tagline was no limes needed no limes needed yep but how's that help scurvy you would think adding the lime well that's that's the other part of this Oh. In a three-minute-long mockumentary-style ad released on Cinco de Mayo, you know, because it's going to be May. Uh, <laughs> it is Cinco de Mayo. Wait, happy Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> oh, on the anniversary of this uh, mockumentary-style ad coming out, we released the episode. Wow. Yeah. So what happened? How many years ago today what, did we get this tequila commercial? This would have been published in May of 2015. So exactly eight years ago. More time than NSYNC was a band. Yeah. In the mockumentary, he is dressed up as a lime. What? Who is reminiscing on how limes are now washed up and out of the limelight because of Salsa 901. Oh my gosh. Justin Timberlake's dressed up like a lime. And is that why he's helping cure scurvy? Because he's a lime? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just wanna be, so we're clear. That's awesome. I love it. I want to call this a fact. And he's gonna... He's going to call it a fact. I just need to see Justin Timberlake in a lime suit. Like, it's like full limeage. It is like, it's like heavy, like prosthetic. Full limeage? Full limeage. Like hands, face, chest. It's like full makeup and everything. And like, he like molds throughout the thing. Because uh, he's not being used, right? Because of oh, Salsa 901. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a pretty high-budget lime costume. It must have been a major investment. <laughs> so you're going with fact? Yes, for the third time and final time. Oh, okay. This is a true fact. Mr. Lime, this is insane. I know. <laughs> yes, that's full limeage. You couldn't have been more correct. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Well, the All Spins Week is really throwing me for a loop. Yeah, it's really throwing you. But again, told you, last the, this last one's a spin, guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. Lock it in. Hit me with, uh, what are we left with, number one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they discovered Ariana Grande. Where? Like hanging out somewhere? In the crowd. In the crowd. At like a concert? 
Yeah. How did they pick her out? What's the deal? So in mid-1999, I'm going to take you back. Take me back. I'm going to take you back to mid-1999. Okay. I was two, unlike you who were <laughs> Not negative, negative two. In <laughs> sync, you know, all six members, they filmed their Fort Lauderdale, Florida tour performance as part of a pay-per-view special. Okay. So they didn't catch her in the moment then. Are you saying they caught her on film? Yeah. They discovered her on film. What's that mean? Like, after she was famous... People saw her in the film and were like, oh, look, is that Ariana Grande? Or did they like watch the footage and go, whoa, that girl could be the next Ariana Grande. And they were really right. No, I think it's the first one. Okay, (laughs) That's what I thought. During the show's performance of Thinking of You, the camera cuts to a young Ariana Grande in the arms of her mother for a blink and you'll miss it moment. Wait, how young are we talking? Probably like six. (laughs) And people recognized her from that? I, uh, it's probably she's mentioned it in like an interview. Okay. After she got famous, it was like, hey, did you know I was in this? <laughs> that could be interesting. I'm going to say this one is a spin. This one's a spin. Yeah. All spins week. We've guaranteed. Yeah, all spins week. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is true. I don't know why you'd make this up like this, but it feels something about it just doesn't feel right. This is a fact. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, shoot, that means... It was actually an all-fact week. (laughs) Which means saying it was an all-spin week was the biggest spin of them all. I kind of thought when I said all-spin week, I was either going to get really lucky or really unlucky. (laughs) And it turns out I'm in the middle because it's a 50-50 week again. (laughs) We are back to our 50-50 streaks. Only because you didn't stick to your your, your guns and go with an all-spin week. Well, that would have been a silly thing for me to do. That wouldn't have helped me a single time. So Ariana Grande is in an NSYNC concert pay-per-view special. Yeah, when she's like six or seven or eight, I don't know, when she was born, but wow, somewhere in the early 90s. And then she went on to uh, full you know, circle of life. She brought four of the guys back together for a partial reunion at Coachella 2019 when she headlined to the festival. Oh, huh. Yeah. That's really cool. Circle of life. Circle of life. Thank you, next. Well, that's going to do it for Factor Spin this week. All spin week. All spin week. 50-50 across the board. Thanks, Mixtaper, for finding all these fun facts about everybody's favorite boy band or one of everybody's favorite boy bands. Asterisk N-S-Y-N-C. Yeah! All right. Welcome back, Connor. It's me, the Connor. Oh, what would I have to do to convince you to dress up in a prosthetic lime? <laughs> if I could look as good as Justin Timberlake, I'd do it for free. Okay. But if not, a million dollars. Oh, I'll start to GoFundMe. Turn Connor into a lime. <laughs> Let's talk about the album art on No Strings Attached. In a bit of irony, (laughs) I mean, so here's the album cover. It's the curtain, like on a stage, like it's a little puppet show going on. And the band members are there, all in black, suspended from strings. It's called No Strings Attached. And there are strings. And there are clearly strings attached. Wild. Maybe it's like in Pinocchio. How? Pinocchio doesn't have strings attached most of the time. No, but there's like the scene where he's like performing, like when he joins the circus. Oh. And they, they he starts with strings attached, so it looks like he's just a puppet, and then he like disconnects the strings, and it's like a big guy. Like the audience is like, whoa, he's a lot. He's like singing and dancing with no strings. Okay, so this is like to give the illusion to us that they're on strings, and then when they break off the strings, we'll be surprised. Yeah, and then you start click on the album, and Bye 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 starts, and you're like, whoa, there's no way there are strings. No strings attached to that. Yeah, couldn't be. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Actually, Chris Kirkpatrick talked about that a little bit. 
like I mentioned, you know, getting out from the contract and, and being able to make what they wanted to make and have no creative strings attached, he said the album thematically was a lot about that. And he said the only reason that the strings are still attached on the album is so that people can get the whole feel of the vibe of no strings attached. So it's exactly right. They did just want to just clue us in to the fact that they were breaking out of the strings. Yeah. It feels very 2000. It looks like an old album cover. <laughs> Yeah, it really does. Old is relative. It looks dated. Some old album covers look really good. This one looks like it's seen better days. Sure does. But let's get to it. We got a dozen tracks to talk about today. A dozen of the finest turn of the millennium boy band hits. And it all kicks off with bye, bye, bye. See you next week. Oh, no, I wasn't saying bye. Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, I was giving you space to say, let's spin it. And then you tried to end the episode. That was like a coup. <laughs> just You say goodbye. And usually when we say goodbye, it's because we're, we're wrapping up. Yeah, logically. But when NSYNC says bye, 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 it means they're just getting started. They're saying hello. It's probably not a stretch to say that bye, bye, bye is the band's most popular song. Mm-hmm. It seems like almost everyone knows it. And a lot of people even know the dance to some degree. Even still, in 2023. Even still. Mm -hmm. It's about the end of a toxic relationship. The speaker's telling this girl it's time to say bye, bye, bye. She's treating the relationship like a game, making him feel like a fool, and he's done. What do you think of bye, bye, bye? Surely not the first time you've heard it. I don't think I've ever heard it. I don't even remember it. (laughs) It's the one where they go bye, bye, bye. Oh, of course, a classic. Yeah, it ain't no lie. (laughs) It's It's a good one. Instantly, I was like, classic boy band sound. 100%. I think out of all the songs on this record, Bye 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 is probably aged darn near the best out of any of them. It's still got that very distinct, classic 2000s boy band sound, but I think it just still holds up a little more than maybe some of the others do. Yeah. I really like the bass. Well, what's... I don't know. And not to be confused with the bass. Not the bass, yeah. The bass... It's okay. I feel like this album is mixed and produced like a lot of high end. It's a very crisp and crunchy album. Uh huh. There's not a lot of low end and bass in it. Just that's the way it was at the time. Sure. There's a little bit of bass mixed in with the drums. Yeah. I just wish there was more width to this album. It's not just Bye 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 that's guilty of this, but it just doesn't feel deep because they've produced it in such a, not flimsy, but flimsy way. I don't know if I agree with that. I think that's the, this isn't my kind of music bias uh, kicking in. Maybe a little bit, but it is, it is all boy band music kind of that's like this. And maybe part of the problem, you know, is that we're listening to this primarily digitally. And this is clearly an album that was meant for your cassette tapes and your your CDs, you know, sure for radio. This is an album that's not really meant to be listened to digitally. So sometimes like when you do stuff like that, you have to master it differently. But it needs a remaster. I think it could use a remaster. And I maybe would like a remastered version of this album better. Actually, I'm pretty certain I would. Interesting. Yeah. And I like the bridge of this song as well. I don't want to be the loser and I've had enough. Yeah, I identify with that. (laughs) Fair enough. I think it's a little repetitive, but the song is less than three and a half minutes long, so I don't think that's awful. It, It doesn't wear you out, you know? I just like musically what the bridge does. With the kind of bop, 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 like the up and down the... The chord structure does with the little twinkles in the background. Yeah, that's pretty nice. And then just, you know, JC doing his stuff outside of the rest of them. Yeah, it's not bad. Bye Bye Bye, solid track. Obviously the most popular. Bye 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 can stay, stay, stay. It can. Don't go, go, go. (laughs) Well, we got to go, go, go into May. It's going to be May. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's going to be me. I really, it's a bad habit at this point. It's going to be me. Like we've talked about, the reason this episode is here today, first episode in May, Justin Timberlake, they've talked about it 
he was instructed to sing me that way. That's not just some quirk. They wanted it to sound like that. Yeah. Nobody really thought about it until the song got released. And probably, I don't remember it even happening when the song was like in its heyday. It just really came about fairly recently, I think. I feel like some meme about it made the rounds five, six, seven years ago. And that's when it really took off. I feel like part of it, isn't there like a whole like science behind like how you should pronounce your your vowels like to make them softer so that they're more appealing yeah i feel like that's what he was like going for like he was instructed because me like if you try to hit that be like in me it, it like tightens up your vocal cords or whatever right to make the e sound it's a lot harder to sing in tune sometimes yeah yeah exactly so like i feel like he was instructed on that from like a sonic standpoint right how to make it stay in tune better sound a little more pleasing and it just became a meme <laughs> because it's about sounds yeah i don't think there's a way to do it right i think this song would kind of be garbage if he said it's gonna be me with like the annoying e sound so yep exactly you take the good with the bad on that okay and again this is where i'm like i wish i was more of a boy band guy right yeah this song makes me want to be more of a boy band guy okay well nothing's (laughs) stopping you i want to reiterate go for it it's just well we'll get to what's stopping me later on (laughs) yeah we'll see it's just like the lead into this chorus is fantastic the style the boy band style is just fun like i'm sitting here i can just I don't know anything about what the music video or like a dance looks like for this song, but I can just picture like a group of guys dancing in sync, singing in sync to this song. Like, well, yeah, they have to be singing in sync. That's who made the song. Yeah, well, it's just you know it, the 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 beat. <laughs> the beat is very dance allowable, I guess. Like, it's very. I don't want to use the word staccato because it's not staccato, but there's a there's very big emphasis on things. You know, da 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 dun dun dun. Yes, which is like perfect for dance moves. Big like flashy in sync dance moves and i don't know this i feel like going back to what timberlake's mom said this song i feel even better than bye 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 really highlights how well the band's voices work together yeah absolutely it does they sound awesome together in this song they sound in sync it's like almost everything on this album very heavy on vocal harmony really flat dry production synthy beat leans pretty thoroughly on a verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus chorus structure which is also a thing that bye 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 did and it happens a lot on this album yeah it's very formulaic but that's what boy bands are you know there's it's a formulaic type of song they have a look they have a style they have the dance they have like everything's very calculated you know it makes sense it's a good song i think it's a pretty strong start to the album to be honest to start with bye 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 and it's gonna be me probably two of the top four songs on this album maybe yeah i'm not trying to bait you into revealing your top threes but i don't know know. who's to say the speaker in this song is trying to persuade a girl whose guard is up every little thing i do isn't good enough but when you do but when you do finally decide to open up and love somebody it's gonna be may they also last little note they pull out a little gender bent reference to bob marley's no woman no cry gotta love it gotta love it if you don't love it sorry but we have to arrest you go into spinet jail no let's talk about space cowboy yippee-yay what is this (laughs) okay so my first notes were do i know this one 
followed by after I got through the first verse to the chorus, I went, oh, yes, I do. Unfortunately. <laughs> really? How do you know this? I just recognize the chorus. Okay. The the whole hook of the song here, you, you take a ride with the space cowboy. It's weird. It's really strange that we've talked before about how there are no cows in space. It's very bizarre how specific of a thing that is to have come up on this podcast before. We talked about Eric Church and three-year-old with the cowboys on the moon. We got to reiterate. We have to reiterate. There are no cowboys in space. <laughs> I wonder if this is where Eric Church got the idea. Oh. But obviously, he can't make his song, I Learned That from Justin Timberlake. He just has to say, I learned it from a three-year-old instead. <laughs> it's a Y2K apocalypse song. That's what this is. <laughs> and it does not belong here. Why is it on this album? Well, we're just talking about, like, girls in love and these relationships. Because and- they survived their own apocalypse with the Backstreet Man. <laughs> They survived the Y2K apocalypse, too. Yeah, so even more of a reason to talk about it. I mean, this album did come out in 2000. It's uh, not surprising. Now, this came out on, like, a let's say this album came out in 2023, and the Y2K apocalypse survival song was on it. I'd be like, what is this? Why is this here? I'm still like, what is this? I mean, it makes a little more sense. It's more forgivable. It makes way more sense that it came out in the year 2000. I'm not surprised at all. It's period correct. But still, listen, like, because up in outer space is like the Wild West. Is it? <laughs> is it? NSYNC? Sure. Why not? It's lawless. There's no structure there. It's the unknown. Yippee-i-yay. The, the new wild frontier. Right. Now, here's, get this, get this. The chorus in this song comes from, of all places, a 1936 Bing Crosby song. Talk about repurposed. Wait. Yeah, I'm not kidding. The chorus or like the yippee-i-yippee-yo part? No, it's the yippee-i-yo part. Oh, okay, okay. It's from the song, I'm an Old Cow Hand. Well, now I have to go listen to that. Uh-huh. Wow, that's wild. It's wild. It's the last thing I would have expected. Bing Crosby and Space Cowboy. I just, mm, well, I mean, come on. The song's third verse is contributed by Lisa Left Eye Lopez. And uh, it's iffy. She says, you can either be scared or get prepared against all odds. I bet you never would have dared. Ugh, not my favorite lyric. In in my notes here, I had, what is this song even about? Like, I'm listening to it, but it's making me actively dissociate. So I have no idea what I'm listening to. Yeah. Like, the more I try to focus on what I'm listening to, the more my body was, like, rejecting it and just dissociating. Take a ride <laughs> with the Space Cowboy. Here, yeah. And I thought, I thought the same thing. I singled out some lyrics. I was like, Space Connect to overthrow your interception. Ready or not, make it hot. That ain't no question what does it mean (laughs) like you're just saying words i'm over space cowboy it's kind of fun but it's it just feels so cookie cutter like hey let's put this on the record because they don't care what we say they're gonna love it anyway space cowboy and i hate how catchy it is (laughs) yeah i just i despise that it's so enjoyable because it is so nothing nonsense yeah but hey they just got paid they just got paid one sixth less than they should have been (laughs) yeah let's let's talk about just got paid this song also kills me it's another song that's got major adults singing about being teenagers vibes like how old were they in in 2000 not that old right if he was 14 when they formed in like 
95. 95? I guess he still would have been a teenager. Still, though. Still, though. There's just something about the way they're, like, full-on screaming, it's Friday, so enthusiastically by the end. It cracks me up. It's so <laughs> funny. I want them to get back together and go on a, like, revival tour now and sing that song. <laughs> yeah, pump that jam while I'm getting down. They're just... <laughs> just into it into it way too much anyway this song is a cover the song's originally by johnny kemp it's from 1986 and it won a grammy for best r&b song so that's interesting and i did unlike space cowboy which frankly just butchers bing crosby (laughs) just got paid is actually a decently faithful adaptation i went and listened to that and it's pretty close it's a fun song but i do think once again that comes at the expense of lyric substance it's a party we really don't care about the lyrics because we just got paid yeah for example if you notice, my smile is like Kool-Aid. What? Classic. What are you talking about? Classic. Is that a classic? Yeah. You know, like the Kool-Aid man, his catchphrase, oh yeah, with a big old smile. He's got a big old grin. What? He's like, oh yeah, we just got paid. Oh yeah, it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, but that makes it worse. Like, oh yeah, I'm a big old pitcher of red juice. Yeah, like that's not any better. I'm just picturing the Kool-Aid man singing this whole song now, and it's rough. <laughs> Guilty pleasure part, though. The little guilty pleasure part. I really do get a kick out of the back and forth. Tell me where the party is. Yes. At about the two minute mark, I also said I like the back and forth section. I was like, that's nice. That's on point. And I wish the whole song could give me a little more of that energy and a little less Kool-Aid man. Yeah, that's true. The chorus is still catchy, but not as good as the other three, I think. That we've done so far. There's no melody to the chorus. It's really just a little little chanty. I mean, there's like one note. Well, yeah, that's what makes it catchy. It's because the chant. Yeah. Ba, 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 da, ba, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Just got paid. Friday night. Party hopping. Feeling right. Booties shaking all around. Pump that jam while I'm getting down. You know, all that Kool-Aid. Honestly, the last two songs have been so bad, it makes me ill. Oh, I was going to say all that Kool-Aid will make you ill. Oh, okay. Well, good effort. (laughs) I just beat you to it. Makes me ill is a weird combination of laid back music and frantic lyrics at first. Yeah. And when the music finally does catch up, it really cranks things to the next level. Mm -hmm. And I think Makes Me Ill is kind of a sleeper hit. It never performed well. It didn't get to be a single. But I think people remember it. And a lot of hardcore fans really loved it. Interesting. Yeah. It's not my favorite. This is one that I noticed the bass on. I really pointed out how cool the bass is. This was my least favorite chorus so far. I did like the beginning with like the fast singing with little pauses. And I felt like this was the first one that fell into that boy band black hole of boringness and repetitivity. Mm, interesting. Going into, you know, I said we'd get to what's stopping me from being a boy band guy. I feel like a lot of boy band songs kind of get white noised because of how similar they all sound. So true. They, they go into this, what I call the boy band black hole of boringness and repetitivity. Wow, that's a long name. Yeah, it's the it's quadruple BR, boy band black hole of boringness and repetitivity. I feel like you're missing an H in there. I am. Yeah, black hole. Uh, no, we don't care about the H. Oh. Then put the O in there for of or the A in there for and. No, but hole is a more significant word. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the lyrics. Yep. Not indecipherable like Space Cowboy and not awful like Just Got Paid. They're just a little bit, hmm. I can tell that you don't really love that guy, but there's no need for you to go and waste your time. A little bit undercooked. Yeah. I think is probably a good way to describe it. And there's this weird disjointedness to the lyrics. Makes me ill is your 
angle, right? Oh, I'm so in love with you, you know, it makes me sick to watch you with somebody else. That's your angle. That's the point of the song. But the yep. only time that that idea has any relevance to the song is that very line. The whole rest <laughs> of the song, nothing else leads us to that. Nothing else plays on that story or that angle. It's just this generic jealousy narrative. It's this yep. very descriptive lyric about the situation, but we never dig into how he's ill or how he's feeling beyond that. You can't imagine how he makes me feel, he says. So, like, tell us. If I can't imagine it, you gotta say it. <laughs> it makes me ill. It's too much of a, a stereotypical jealousy song for me. But up next, we have a staple of the boy band album. Hey, I will take you in my arms, all right, and hold you right where you belong. Till the day my life is through, this I promise you. That's a little intense. We'll keep making this podcast. Okay, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, This I Promise You is up next, track six, and it's the quintessential boy band ballad. Yeah, the triple B. You can't have a triple B and a quadruple B R. Sure you can. Show me in the rule book where it says I can't. <laughs> Touche. I think This I Promise You is another song that's aged a lot better than some other parts of the record. The guitar is very pleasant. It's a simpler sounding song. It doesn't try to be gimmicky or techy. You know, it's just kind of nice. Yeah. And I feel like the boy band layered like voice style fits well with ballads. Absolutely. The harmonies and the singing is really the standout of this. I hate to say it. You know what I'm going to say? We're a little lacking on lyrics again. Really? There's so much potential with the idea of what he's promising. And in the end, all that he's promising is to like take her in his arms and hold her there forever. It's kind of undercooked. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's simple. It's another half-baked idea. No, no, I disagree about that. Take it further. No, because you shouldn't promise something that you can't keep. You know, he can't promise a lot. He's just a little teenage boy. All he can promise is that he's going to hold her in, her in his arms and... Until he dies? Yeah, 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 you know, and love her forever and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't promise a lot. He's, he's like, I don't know where life's going to take us. We're just little teenagers, but I can hold you. I promise. I won't let you go. Like, it's that mentality. All right, all right, all right. You got to think about it from, from the point of view of a teenage boy band <laughs> singing to the teenage girls. <laughs> Might be a little hypercritical. Yeah. It sounds good, and they don't overdo it. I like this, I promise you. It's closer to the top of the tracks on the album for me. I really enjoyed the intensity build in verse two. Thought it was executed well. But one thing that did annoy me about the song is that chorus two backed it back down to the more smooth um, sounding chorus. I would have rather them launched into a more intense chorus. Yeah. Because like verse two and verse three both have intensity, but the middle chorus backs it back down in a way I didn't really care for. You got to keep it all intensity all the time, huh? Not all the time. Just if you're going to build to it, don't undercut it and then jump right back to it. Okay, fair. That makes a lot of sense. But hey, you know, what can I say? I don't know what you can say. I'm going to like this, I promise you. No strings attached. I can say a lot. <laughs> what will I say, though? No strings attached is up next. Title, title track! track! It's track number seven, which is, I think we've had a lot of title tracks. If they're not the first or the last track, it feels like they're usually track seven. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Well, they're not tracks one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten. 11 12 or no. so on there are they seem to be track seven i'm noticing a pattern no well <laughs> yeah but you get what i'm saying though i get what you're saying so my understanding again is that they had the title no strings attached in mind beforehand and that means they crafted this song around the idea and to be honest i think they actually did a decent job of it i think it translates into this love song really well it's still it's kind of in the same vein of makes me ill it's another jealousy song 
he's seeing the girl with another guy. But instead of just whining about it and being <laughs> ill. Like a teenager. Like a teenager. He's actually taking some initiative and saying, take a look at how good I would be. He's offering up his heart, no strings attached. But also, there are some major strings attached if she has to break up with this dude. There's a pretty big string. Is that? I don't know if that's really a string here's my heart and you can have it on the condition that you leave your boyfriend yeah i feel i feel like it's a condition uh, yeah okay but yeah i guess boom i win i guess i view it as like hey i want you to come do this thing with me you know and there's no strings attached like in order for you to get what you want you still have to come do the thing right it's just he's saying there's no like additional caveats or hidden there's no condition yeah yeah if you're with me, there will be no strings attached. But in order for you to get there, you have to be with me, which implies you have to break up with the other guy. Like, I feel like it is less of a string and more of a just byproduct of accepting the offer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> True. Fair. Fair. The thing that saves this song for me is the beat. It doesn't get boring. It's not as cookie cutter as the rest of the record. It's kind of got its own special identity. I like it. Sure. You get down with it with that digital track? Well, I get down with no strings attached. What I do not get down with is digital get down. (laughs) This is another song that has aged so badly. I mean, this song sucks. Yeah. This is a rough one. It's another one that annoys me with how catchy it is, though. I know. (laughs) I love the way they say digital. Digital, digital get down. It's so so annoyingly catchy. I want to hate it. It's about a long distance relationship and trying to spark and emulate this intimacy through new technology like flip phones and voicemail (laughs) and IM chats. I said, this is a cool concept for a song back when this came out, but now it feels like if someone wrote a song excited, they discovered the concept of breathing. Like, (laughs) oh, imagine the year is like 1600. I'm going to write you a letter. (laughs) Yeah, I I wrote that down. I said, nowadays, that's what the song would be. It'd be like, if you're trying to like gather this intimacy long distance, like text messaging just isn't enough to get intimate. I'm going to write you a letter like we almost would go backwards now yeah digital digital get down and it's just it's catchy but it just sounds campy it's yeah. this eight bit fake like digi age and it sounds so 2000s mm-hmm. oh it sounds oof. even when you ignore the lyrics the sound of it i and and they just say some nonsense words like okay let's just hit you with some lyrics we can get together on a digital screen Ugh. When you're speaking, I see you on the screen. I get to freaking. Come on. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I also just logistically have to point out, he says you may be 20,000 miles away. That's impossible on Earth. The maximum is about 4,900 miles. So to me, what that says is in this song. She's a space cowboy. Yeah, he's the space cowboy. <laughs> he's off on the moon. He's a space cowboy. <laughs> yeah. He did it. He's 20,000 miles away using his little Nokia to have some fun times. Yippee-ki-yay. I genuinely do not like this song. This is a relic. This is a case study on boy band electropop in this very narrow, very specific window from 1998 to 2003. This song could never have existed outside that window. Like, at all. I like it. No, you don't. (laughs) I kind of do. Spoiler alert might be my playlist pick. No. No way. I said might be. You'll have to tune in to find out. I will stay tuned in. I might have to veto something this week. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I think you may just be bringing the noise. 
bring in the house down, that's for sure. If I take that song, bring the podcast down. <laughs> bring in duh noise. First of all, <laughs> duh, almost unforgivable. Right off the bat, we were starting <laughs> behind the eight ball. What's wrong with that? Duh's great. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know. Just Don't be a duh hater. I don't have any response to that. Like a duh hater would. This song is just another easy, another lightweight party song. It's that same 4-4 dance beat that's everywhere. Yeah. The record at this point for me, track 9 out of 12, it's gotten pretty stale. Especially this particular formula of song. Like other songs mix it up. You know, this I promise you and I thought she knew. Other stuff mixes it up later. But have we not had enough of this type of song? This song has just got paid, but at a house party. They are sonically and lyrically almost the same song. Yeah, I I said that the chorus was kind of catchy at first, and I was like, but will it get boring? And then my next note was, yep, I said, yep, it got boring. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the quadruple BR. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say the instrumental break with the bubble effect was cool. Bubbles. That is nice. One thing that contributes a lot to it being boring i think is many many choruses uh-huh they sing the main four chorus lines 12 times bring down the house 12 times a dozen times and the ending is way too long and slow pick up the pace let's get it over with like they maybe didn't bring the noise but they brought something and a lot of it it almost made me stop loving them almost huh well let's see when they'll stop loving us with this next track that's when i'll stop loving you it's the longest song on the record at nearly five minutes and it's another ballad i actually think it may be better than i promise you not maybe actually it is it took me about two seconds into the song to realize it's definitely better interesting you sounds like maybe didn't agree i do disagree oh and so does the majority of audiences (laughs) five million plays versus uh 214 million. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it. One thing I did notice, though, is it's just like that Ray Stevens song. Uh, Okay, I was just about to say that. I was about to say which version. This is your test. Which one's better? When I Get Over You by Ray Stevens or That's When I'll Stop Loving You by NSYNC? When I Get Over You was better. Yes, thank you. Way better. Ray Stevens did this concept, if you remember, and it may be a song that's on the B side. I can't remember. But he talked about how he'll stop loving this woman when certain impossible things happen and that's what instinct does here when i get over you that's a different song i was singing the ray stevens version yeah so there's a set of conditions that have to be met before he stops loving her ready ready to hear the conditions winter comes in summer so climate change (laughs) when there's no more forever ambiguous but okay lies must become truth that happened that happened this is all spin week (laughs) the lies became truth and sync is Starting to stop love. Oh, no. We're, we're, we're the harbingers. Spinning podcast is the harbingers. That's the end of love for NSYNC. Uh-oh. The, the sun and the stars must go out, so be on the lookout for that. And the world will stop turning. So it sounds like we're screwed. If we're the harbinger. If we're the harbingers, the apocalypse is upon us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice that we could usher that in. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. I always knew I'd be the cause of the apocalypse. Yeah, I do think it's kind of a small range of examples, and I even put in my notes that I liked Ray Stevens better, at least lyrically. Good. Yeah. I think both lyrically and musically. I think the the hook, when I get over you, is catchier than than theirs. It just happens too much. They just do it a lot again. Yeah. It's a sweet song of reassurance, though, because the reason he's even saying all this, as we learn in the verses, is that she's afraid he's going to leave her, and he's telling her there's not a chance. She's got nothing to worry about. So it's nice. It's a, it's a nice little reassuring song. A, a little boy band ballad. 
Triple B. Up next is track 11. I'll be good for you. I knew this one too, the chorus. Really? I did not. I don't know if it's been, it's been used in something that I've seen. Oh, maybe. Because I recognized that chorus. This has kind of got a mysterious air to it, which I think is a neat change. This is another one that really does a good job of pulling us out of that ballad, pulling us out of the boy band rut, for lack of a better word, and giving us something a little different. Yeah, this one kind of stood out stylistically. Mm-hmm. Thematically, this song is, is once again, just another plea to some girl who doesn't want him and just, like, makes me ill and no strings attached. It's that same jealous guy. You know, it's the formula. It's, yeah, the, formula, it's the formula, and I guess it's working at the time. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, but it feels broke to me. Broken in 2023. That's right. And if, you know, I thought she knew that, but apparently not. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Justin Timberlake actually helped to write I'll Be Good For You, which is a rarity since they outsourced so many outside writers and Swedish pop music powerhouses for this record. This one at least has partial NSYNC co-writing credits. Which is surprising for me considering some of the songs Justin Timberlake has written since this. Yeah, like that one from Trolls. <laughs> yeah. And then all the others. Yeah, I got a list here somewhere. Hang on. Can't stop the feeling. That's the one. Here's just a list of some songs that he was a songwriter for. Justin Timberlake? Yeah, hit me. Yeah. Partition by Beyonce. Oh, geez. That's a biggie. Yeah. Rehab by Rihanna. Also a biggie. Work It by Nelly. Also a biggie. Less biggie. Cold Case Love by Rihanna. Rocket by Beyonce. Four Minutes by Madonna. The Only Promise That Remains by Reba McIntyre. Oh, what range? <laughs> yeah, and uh, in a box for the Lonely Island. Okay, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would get you. Oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, what range indeed. You know he had a country music, like, career career well, i know he did yeah. that man of the woods thing where everyone was like what the heck is this i didn't ever listen to it oh no i wasn't even talking about that i was just talking about before he went on you know the all new mickey mouse club or whatever that was called uh he appeared what yeah back before you know when he was like 12 what? 13 when he was 12 we had to go through this whole thing where you were like man i think the mickey mouse club started him on his career and i said you know i bet a lot of them were on paths before that oh it did i i, I misused the word career <laughs> don't worry <laughs> under the name justin randall he competed against a 10 year old in the finals of the show star search and lost oh lost why do all these famous people lose talent competitions i know Came in, came in second. Well, that's not losing. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, well, he was in the. He went up against this ten-year-old in the finals and lost. So he came in second. Right. Okay. But uh, I just like the name Justin Randall. What if that's what he still went by? It wouldn't be so bad. I don't know. Randall's pretty, pretty rough one. It's not that rough. Can't help but think of Monsters Inc. <laughs> what if we have a Randall? Not sorry, Randall. If you're listening to this, Randall. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not for like saying what I just said, but just for your name being Randall. <laughs> I just have pity on you. Not, yeah, except my apologetic. pity. I'm just pitiful. <laughs> Let's talk about I Thought She Knew, the dozenth track on the album and the final one. Welcome back to the world of acapella. Woo! Bold choice in a genre and on an album that's really notable for its instrumentals and production. I think it's a great choice for this genre. Oh, I think so too. I think, to their credit, the music and production is a lot of what makes this album feel aged and out of date. So, to be honest, the lack of instrumentals on this song, I think, not only shows off their vocal talent in full, mm -hmm. but it also kind of saves this song from the ruin of time. Mm -hmm. It's immune, unlike everything else here, and Bye Bye Bye. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I thought she knew, and Bye 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 will not ever feel aged. Everything else already does. And it's the perfect way to show us that they're in sync with their vocals, like they've been telling us all along. I'll be honest, I thought she knew 
kind of feels like it's related to Tell Her About It by Billy Joel. Oh. Like, he loves her, she's his whole world, but he doesn't make it clear to her because he thinks she knows, so he grows distant. Somewhere in the lore of our podcast is a song that I, either I brought or I really liked on one you brought that had that same exact concept of, oh, I should have told her how I felt, and you crapped on it. I'm trying to find it. Oh. Might it have been from Barry Manilow? That's where I was looking. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, uh, he never wrote a song for Linda. A Linda song. Okay, but a Linda song. I didn't tell her how I felt. Yeah. I'll crap on it again. Linda (laughs) song. Come on. It's fine to not tell her how you feel. Just just make up a real, say it in a real way. (laughs) You're appealing. You're appealing. Honestly, no joke. I thought she knew it was one of the best all-around tracks on this record. Top five or better for me. Oh. At least. Well, we're about to find out if I agree. Yeah, or if the boy band Black Hole of Repetitiveness and... No, I skipped nope. Boringness and Repetitiveness. Boringness and Repetitivity. Repeti- repetitivity? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's your Black Hole, not mine. Yeah, I'm curious to know what you thought. Let's get into Final Spin. All right, music. Not bad. Honestly, very catchy. We talked so much about how we didn't want these songs to be stuck in our head, yet they all were. Music is pretty good. Melodies, harmonies, top-notch, giving music an 81. Lyrics, not insufferable. However, I do suffer. So I think a lot of the lyrics could use a little modern touch-up. They're very generic, easy boy band lyrics. They don't really go beneath the surface too much, and when they do, they don't do it in a way that's compelling or engaging. Sometimes they just don't make sense. Space Cowboy, please, get gone. I'm giving it a 76 on lyrics. As for instruments and production, this album is praised for its production. Or at least it was when it came out. And I think that's fair. I can understand. You know, again, if this is the forefront of popular music, this is what people are listening to and making, like, this is the cream of the crop, sure, great. Production holds up, stands out, is top of the line. Today, 23 years later, I just don't know. That's two dozen. Almost two dozen years later. I don't think the production holds up nearly as well. I think the instrumentation is a little hokey sometimes. Stuff like Digital Get Down is just so out of touch with the kind of music that's generally around today. And even the music that's around before this. This is kind of on an island of its own. 78 for instruments and production. Overall vibe, kind of like you said. I just get sucked into the black hole on this one. I make it through the album. It's entertaining. It's fun at some points, but I think it's not an album I come to a lot and seek out. I'll put the best songs on my playlists, the fun ones, you know. This is hardly an album I will spin cover to cover very frequently. 77 on the vibe, which puts the overall score to 78.4. Which puts it where? Puts it at number 515. Ooh, is that bottom 100 or not quite? With Now you're in the 600s somewhere, I know. It's not quite bottom 100. No, the list now goes to 634. Ah. So it's down there, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Maybe I'm just not a boy band guy. <laughs> Maybe not. For once, something that I wanted to be lower than Plastic Hearts is actually lower than Plastic Hearts. Was there any <laughs> chance of this going higher? I never know with you. Oh, you meant for me. Yes. I thought you meant for you. No, I was like, for no you. way. That shouldn't even be in the conversation together. No, for you. It's well below Plastic Hearts. Ah, uh, it's almost a hundred spots below Plastic Hearts. No, that doesn't feel like a far enough. Uh, I cannot win. <laughs> I'm just saying. A lot of times we get these ones that you like trash and I trash at the same time. And so I'm like, yeah, we both don't like this one. And then you score it and it's higher than Plastic Hearts. And then I'm just disappointed. (laughs) I can't believe there's been 75 episodes. Let it go. Think about how many times we've doubled. (laughs) I'll maybe be able to let it go in the year of healing. Okay. Okay. That'll be the goal. Yeah, we'll we'll recover from that. We gotta recover. 
as for me, I want to be a boy band guy. Yeah. And if more boy band stuff sounded like those beginning tracks when I wanted to be a boy band guy, maybe I'd actually be a boy band guy. Yeah. But I'm not. No. Oh, no. So with that, my top three in album order. Bye, bye, bye. Okay. Connor will mention to It's Gonna Be Me. It's Gonna Be May. This I Promise You. Couple skips in there. Okay. Reasonable skips. Uh-huh. And I thought she knew. Mm, that's a huge jump. Yeah. But the ballad guy, I get it. But also you said that that song belongs in the top four or five on the album. So are you really surprised? No, it does. The only one it sounds like you maybe would have disagreed with in my top four or five is this, I promise you, since you liked the other ballad better. Like a crazy man. Yes. And with that, I'm giving this one... This is what I'm really curious about. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know what this translates <laughs> to for you. This one's getting... I can't tell if you're trying to say something or inflate a tire. <laughs> oh, gosh. This one gets six Backstreet Men out of ten. Six. That's borderline where I thought you'd put it. A little on the high side. A little on the high side. Okay. And and the whole point of No Strings Attached is they're free from the Backstreet Man. <laughs> like you totally just I undid. I know. Oh, yeah, they're all for, they're forever reattached to the Backstreet Man himself. Not only did we make them stop loving, we also <laughs> reattached their strings. <laughs> Pretty successful episode, if I say so myself. <laughs> Yeah. But this one's going right above the Beach Boys. Okay, so below Twisted Sister. Yeah. It's kind of weird that those two are even in the conversation. Twisted Sister and No Strings Attached. (laughs) But I get it. And I would probably score them the same way. Well, in fact, I have scored them the same way. Just very (laughs) different scale. Yeah. It's gonna be May. Yeah. But yeah, playlist picks. Playlist picks. Well, right off the bat, I think we can eliminate Digital Get Down and Space Cowboy from contention. (laughs) Yeah. That should make our job a couple percent easier. Yeah, I said spoiler and I might pick it. It's been spoiled. I'm not. (laughs) No way. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we kind of almost have to take the first two on this. Do we? We don't got what's your preference one of the first two and this i promise you that way we give the ballad boy band sound and the like pop boy band sound both and the boy band boy band sound okay yeah fair between it's gonna be me and bye 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 i really don't have a preference or they would both would be great for the playlist i think i'm torn because bye 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 is nsync's biggest song but it's gonna be may is the reason that the episode exists you know what forget this i promise you bye 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 and it's gonna be me i'm in oh Wow, that was easy. Mainly because I clicked on each of them to decide which one I would vote for. And they both started up. And, and it's going to be me started with the but da da It's got to be on the playlist. <laughs> I know. You get into it right away. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Guess that's it for the episode. Guess that's it. Time to say bye-bye-bye. Time to say bye-bye-bye. Next week, stick around for our episode about how it's still May. Next month, we'll have to find it's going to be June. It still will be May. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, you can find us all over the internet on our socials at SpinitPod on Twitter, at SpinitPod Official on Instagram, and on the web at www.spinitpod.com. Tell a friend who probably don't tell someone who loves NSYNC, but uh-huh. maybe tell a friend who doesn't like NSYNC. <laughs> maybe tell a friend who is... What's the word I'm looking for? Neutral? Yeah, but it wasn't that word. Oh. um, Indifferent. Nope. Apathetic. Apathetic. That was it. I can't... Wow. Third time's the charm. <laughs> Yeah, maybe tell a friend that's apathetic about NSYNC. 
or if you have a friend who was in NSYNC, oh. you can also tell them, because that'd be pretty cool. Secret 7th member? No. Oh, just... just if you oh. if you know Justin Timberlake or Joey Fatone or, you know, J.C. Chazé, let them know. If you don't, don't worry about it. We'd love if you'd listen and rate and follow on all the podcast platforms that you, you're on and listening to. And we will see you next week for episode... Hey, it's me, the mixtaper. Hello. What? Coming back in. Okay. Just to tell you, go check out my Twitter at the underscore mixtaper. Some great stuff coming up. Gonna be doing some cool stuff in the not-so-distant future. Okay. That was an unexpected interruption. And that's no spin. No. Not another true fact for the All Spins Week. Another, yeah, no true fact for the All Spins Week. Anyway, uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. He grabbed the microphone. No, I get it. I think it's time for us to yeah ourselves <laughs> and say, have a great weekend. Keep, Keep spinning. spinning. Ba, 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 ba. What would a space cowboy even do? Like, even if there were cows in space, what's the point? They'd wrangle them wrangle them gotta wrangle the space cows to what purpose though like what purpose do we wrangle them on earth you gotta get that space milk space milk (laughs) i mean i guess space milk all the calcium none of the gravity (laughs) let's start to go fun me yippee it's gonna be me